Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Cool. All right. Hey, we are getting back today into our series that we're calling Fresh Starts. So we did a couple uh, when we were still streaming out of the, the hub. Did anyone, did anyone be watching anything online while we were doing some things? Yeah, about five years. That's great. Uh, um, and uh, we're obviously so glad to be back here. Uh, if, is anyone here out on Sunday uh, for the first time? So cool. So good that you're here. Uh, and is anyone here for the, just the second time they came last week? At the, oh yeah, just, just last week was your first week, and then, and then this week? It's like, because like, you're probably thinking, like, where's the bouncy castle? Like, we're, we're, last week we had a big celebration because it was our first week back. We had bouncy castles, we had sausages. So sorry if you thought, like, that was going to happen every Sundays. But So we're getting into this. We're going to kick back in with fresh starts. Or fresh starts. Now, I'm going to start off by just saying, that aren't granddad's awesome? <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, where'd you go with this? So, like, do we have any granddads here? Yeah. Granddad, my, I have to tell you that my granddad was, was awesome. Uh, the Reverend Carl Percival Lilly. Uh, as a kid, you know, he used to go for walks and you'd get, you know, he'd always buy me ice creams. No wonder we all liked them. So. And he'd draw these cool pictures in the sand at the beach with his walking stick, and, and everyone would kind of gather around while he was doing it. And he was just a cool guy. And, but listen to this everyone that knew him said this about him. This is like re- incredible. They, they said that they had never heard him uh, ever say a negative word about anyone. It's like, and uh, even my dad, who, grew, you know, was with him his whole life, he said that. And my mum said that when she was, uh, she was dating my dad and she'd go back uh, after church for lunch at their house. And um, so my dad and his sister would just, she's, you know, my mum's telling the story, just said that they just spent the whole of lunchtime just criticising my granddad's sermon. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and then my mum my was just horrified. And, uh, but my granddad would just smile and thank them for their input. <laughs> and... Uh, um, yeah, I think I just think that I think most granddads are, are awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to being a granddad, and again, still no news on that one. Still, 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 like, still, nothing's. Um, but you know, it's so easy to think that I will just automatically become awesome just because I get older, or just because I become a granddad. And but the thing is that growing up doesn't happen automatically just because we grow old doesn't happen automatically. In fact, some old people, they just never seem to grow up, and they just seem to get more horrible the older they get. Like, my parents now, they live in a retirement village. Every time I go over there, they're always telling me stories about all of these uh, people that live in this retirement village and all of the things that they're grumbling about. Grumbling and complaining and moaning and and uh, I mean, these are just people that have never grown up. And now that they've 
retired, they've got all this extra time to spend on being the grump. And so, look, we're in the middle of this series called Fresh Starts, and we're going to be talking today about growing up before you grow old. And coming out of lockdown, a great time to have a, have a fresh start. And growing up before you grow old, and it doesn't matter what age you are, we can, do, we can always do some growing up, and, and anything, any kind of growing up that we do is always going to bring you know, rich reward into our lives for all of the years that are ahead of us, okay? This is not a message for young people, although like it's a good message for young people. But if you want a fresh start today on growing up, I'm going to give you a few ideas. And I know that we could, we could hang out in the foyer and we could spend the whole afternoon talking about different ideas. Like, oh, yeah, we could be good to grow up in this area and in that area and do this thing would help us to grow up. But uh, I'm just going to look at, uh, at just, I'm just going to put out a few ideas for you. Some of them are a little bit challenging, okay? So take a deep breath. And, uh, and we'll get into it. But why don't we just, um, just invite God's presence here and, and just encourage you as we pray. I'm going to pray that God will open our hearts. And I really would hope that that prayer would be your prayer this morning. God, I pray that you would help us to hear your voice this morning, that you would open our hearts to you, open our hearts to what you would speak into us. God, we know that what you have for us is for our good. And sometimes there is challenge. Sometimes there is, you invite us into things that require us to, to you know, to step in and, and with, with courage. And I just pray, God, that you would open our hearts and our minds to your voice today, that we would hear from you, and that by hearing from you, we would draw courage from that to be able to step into, into growing up. Amen. All right, I was. Uh, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Like, what does growing up look like? I was at a a fortieth birthday party. It was a double fortieth birthday party on Friday, and it was it was out in West Auckland at the uh, the Waitemata Rugby Club rooms out there. And the the theme of the party was like you get to dress up as a Westie. And um, I grew up in West Auckland, so it just looked like a regular party to me. It's like. <laughs> I'm like, I just was looking through my wardrobe, just uh, most things here would work. Um, but I was talking to Cam, the birthday boy, and uh, yeah, he was really looking forward to his 40s, but he's also telling me about another friend that, um, that wasn't so much looking forward to his, his, his 40s and sort of talking about how, like, just, the, oh, I feel like I've got to, got to grow up. But then, we, you know, we talked a bit about this growing up and leaving behind childish ways and stepping into responsibility and stepping into a life of... Uh, of you know of wisdom and goodness and and so it's a great question is that what uh, what does growing up look like why don't I throw it out there so like what does growing up look like what are some things that you could say it's like this is what growing up looks like throw out some ideas here it's like oh hang on Matt you're saying like Matt this is where we sit down and listen to you but like I'm saying no I want to hear from you guys some ideas growing up added responsibilities Yes. Thinking of others before yourself. That's a good one. Oh, tolerance. Patience. 
patience, wisdom, self-acceptance, learning to listen more than you speak, self-control, paying the mortgage. <laughs> yes, that old one. All good things. All good things. You know, developing some good habits, you know, responding to people with, you know, wisdom, being kinder, those kind of things. So here's the thing, as I've said already, growing up doesn't automatically happen just because we get old. You've got to do things that enable you to grow up. You know, if you want to build a clay sculpture, you, there's this important piece of equipment for this is the armature, which is made, usually made from sort of bendable wires. So like in the picture up here. And what that does is that when the sculpture is built, it gives the sculpture stability and structure. And it's the same with life. If you want to grow, you've got to frame, have a framework that builds stability and structure. So I'm going to throw out a few things here today. And like I say, my guess will be at the end of this, you'll go like, why didn't Matt talk about this? And why didn't he talk about that? And this would have been a good thing to talk about. I know, these are the things I just felt like God put on my heart for this morning. So my guess is that there'll be some people that need to hear these things this morning. I sure know that as I was putting this together, I was like, I need to hear these things. I need to be reminded about these things again, because these are important things. So the first one I want to talk about growing up is that we have to learn to forgive people. We have to learn to forgive people. You know, when Jesus was asked by his followers, he said, like, teach us to pray. And he gives us what is known as the Lord's Prayer. And in the midst of that, he says, this is what you should pray. He says, God, forgive me. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And the Lord's prayer, as we forgive those who sin against us. And the apostle Peter, we read that, that uh, he must have thought about this and thought about this because we read later on in, in Matthew chapter 18, says this, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive? He's thinking like, I don't know whether he's got like someone annoying in his life. That's just like every day it's like does something annoying and he goes like, ah, oh, you know, I forgive you. And he's like starting to run out of patience. I don't know. But he says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Like up to seven times? Because he's thinking like, like after seven times, that's it, I'm done. And Jesus says, no. I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And some translations, it says 70 times seven. And what Jesus is saying is you just keep forgiving. You just keep forgiving. You don't run out of forgiveness. You just keep forgiving. You know, unforgiveness will stunt your growth as a person. Unforgiveness, it leads to bitterness. And they've said about unforgiveness, they've said it's like taking poison and hoping that the other person will die. It just 
it is so, so restricting on you in terms of the fullness of, the, of, of who you can be. You know, this, uh, this Tuesday, two days' time, uh, Jacinda and I, my wife Jacinda and I, are going to be celebrating our wedding anniversary. 30 years. Yeah. I reckon that's an achievement so, for her. Um, so, to, but like, um, so we're doing something very, very special. We were going to be celebrating it in an offshore exotic location, but we're going to Simon Street uh, <laughs> on Tuesday go for dinner. Um, but the thing is, you know, you only have to be married five minutes before you realize that this is going to need some work. This is like, is that like a little nervous little laughter going around there? Like, hey, you betcha. Like, we had this massive argument on our honeymoon. And some other, you know, the honeymoon was full of dramas. Um, like, wow, here we go. Um, you can't stay married without learning to forgive. You, you just. Because none of us are perfect, are we? None of us are perfect. You know, we all make mistakes, and we have to learn how to forgive. I've, I read this uh, just this last couple of weeks. It was interesting. Um, after the American Civil War, Robert Lee is one of the Confederate gen- generals. They lost the, the war, the South, you know, the generals from the South. And he visited a lady in Kentucky who took him to the remains of this grand old tree she had in her home. It was just her pride and joy was this tree. And it, and it had the, just the, the snot bombed out of it by the, um, the federal artillery in the war. And uh, she was crying bitterly and telling General Lee about this tree. And she was looking for General Lee to condemn the North or at least sympathize with her. And it says this, after a brief silence, General Lee said this, he said, cut it down, my dear madam, and forget it. It is better to forgive the injustices of the past than let bitterness take root and poison the rest of our life. Cut it down and forget it. Forgiveness is a key to growing up. Here's another thing that will help us to grow. So forgiveness, that's a biggie. It's a hard one. This one's a hard one as well. It's being restored from brokenness. You know, we're, we're the product of our experience of, experiences of life. And, and not all of our experiences of life have been helpful. Some of them have been damaging and wounding. Some wounds are small and some of them are big. Some of them are big. Um, maybe it's, you know, it's from our parents. I mean, it's, our parents are so influential and our parents aren't perfect. And it may be that there's something that we carry from our parents. Or maybe something's happened, something happened, you know, maybe we made a bad decision or maybe someone's done something to us and, and we got wounded. And these wounds can be a real handbrake to growing. And you know, I I love it that sometimes God will do miraculous healing of people with some of these deep, deep wounds in their in their heart. 
And I love it when that happens. And uh, sometimes we have to do the work to get, to get healed, to get free. And the other cool thing is that there are people that are trained to help us with that. Like, I love counselors. I love counselors. I've been to, you know, counselors different times, trying to work through different issues. It's been so, so helpful. My wife, Jacinda, has. It's been helpful. There are people in this room right here and now that are getting counseling. And I just cheer them on. I'm like, that is just, because it takes courage. It takes uh, hard work. But it's just so, so cool that they're choosing to do the work that will allow them to grow. And you might say, oh, but, but it's, it's expensive. It's like, well, yes, it, it might be. But in anything worthwhile, it's usually got a cost to it. And what better thing can you invest in than having someone to help you that, like, like have the things to move past things that are preventing you from growing? What better thing? And if that is an issue, cost is an issue. We've got some trained counselors here that, can, that are willing to help you at, at a minimal cost. So I would encourage you to, to consider that. If you feel like, you're just, like there's just a big wall in front of you and, that's, and you just can't seem to get past it, maybe this is a way forward for you. And another thing that we can offer for getting restored from brokenness is uh, is prayer prayer sessions? I don't know what else to say, how to call it. Prayer sessions. Now we've like many churches do this, where they just offer opportunity for people to have like a like a, a, a session, an extended period of time. Not just like, hey, can I just pray for you for a minute or five minutes? Like this is like let's spend an evening together and let's just pray together. And we've got people here that have been trained and have just got special, uh, they've had great experience and really learnt to hear from God in these times that can really uh, break through and, and help people find freedom. And again, some people, they sort of hear about this and they go, oh, oh I don't know what that's about. They don't know what to expect. And uh, it can feel a little um, like, oh, I don't know if I, I don't want to do that. I tell you, this is like, We've heard story after story after story of people that have been just incredibly helped and found freedom through this. So I would love you to consider that. Again, if you feel like there's a wall that you just feel like you're bumping into, it's just incredible seeing what focused prayer can do. Okay? Prayer is powerful. And this may be the thing. This may be the thing for you. All right, where are we up to? Okay, here's another one. I thought that was number four. I'm just going to look through my notes here and just make sure that the pages are in order. Does that sound all right? What number are we up to? Three. Oh, I missed the whole one. There it is. <laughs> Sorry, the guys are on the, on the slides. They've been done well. They didn't miss a trick. Okay. So here's number two, <laughs> and uh, and this is another one that you, we don't really talk too much about uh, because it's interesting. This is something that um, 
Like what we get invited to into as uh, people of faith, as Christians, is like almost the complete opposite of what we hear out in the world in terms of what they're inviting you into. But this is, again, something I would say to you. This is an opportunity where you can grow. And it's to eliminate selfish ambition. Six times it's talked about in the New Testament is, and self, self, selfish ambition, it's, it's described as this terrible thing that we have to avoid. It's lumped in with debauchery and witchcraft, fits of rage and orgies. It's lumped in there with that. And yet the world will say like, no, go for it. Have as much selfish ambition as you can. Paul the Apostle says this, Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. You know, if you spend your whole life looking at your own interests, you shrink. You don't grow. You shrink. James, the apostle, he wrote the book of James. He, he probably didn't call it that when he wrote it. He probably, someone else probably called it the book of James. But James, the book of James, he tells us how to grow up and, and to, to get rid of selfish ambition. And I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible. James 3, 13, he says, Do you want to be counted wise to build a reputation for wisdom? Sounds a lot like growing up, doesn't it? Do you want to grow up? Here's what you do. Live well, live wisely, live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk, that counts. Mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are... Remember, I'm out of order. Out of the pages. There it is. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. It's the furthest thing from wisdom. It's animal cunning. It's devilish conniving. Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and everyone ends up at each other's throats. What's the antidote to selfish ambition? It's a life given to God. Jesus tells us this in Matthew 16. He says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Selfish ambition is forfeiting your soul. All right, number four, back on track. Here's another thing that, again, you, you hear us talk about this a lot, and you're going to hear us continue to talk about this a lot. It's spiritual practices. Spiritual practices like prayer and reading the Bible and fasting and, and silence and solitude and, and, and other things like that. It's, I, I know that we talk about this a lot, and you might think, well, yeah, but I know this is probably good, but I'm just pretty busy. And I don't know if I can fit these things in. There's a guy, a Christian guy, who uh, worked for a, a Charleston U Southern University business school, and he did this massive survey. He surveyed 20,000 Christians. And he was, 
the title of his survey was, was called Obstacles to Growth. So I think, oh, this, this is perfect, perfect for my message. So uh, he says this, his, he summarizes his findings by saying this. He says, Christians are assimilating to a culture of busyness, hurry and overload, which leads to God being more marginalized in Christians' lives, which leads to a deteriorating relationship with God, which leads to Christians becoming even more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions, which leads to conformity to a culture of busyness, hurry and overload, and the cycle begins again. That summarizes his findings of talking to 20,000 Christians. Corrie ten Boom, she's a Dutch Christian who helped Jews escape from the Nazis in World War II, and she's written a number of things, and famous Christian. She says, if the devil can't make you sin, he will make you busy. John Orberg, a pastor and author, says this, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith, it is that we will become so distracted and rushed that we will settle, settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living them. If we're too busy, we're gonna be, we may be too busy to do the things that will actually give us life and help us grow. We want to live emotionally healthy, spiritually rich lives. We've got to be doing things that allow that to happen, and these are these spiritual practices. John Mark Comer, last year, uh, put out a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And uh, I know that you've probably heard it before. We've we've quoted it from it a few times from up the front here. It's kind of my 2019 book of the year. I'd highly, highly recommend that if you you read books or if you want to read a book, grab a a copy of this. It really is, um, it's a great book. He says this, he said, the church tradition I grew up in made much of theology, which is ideas about God, and ethics, which is the do's and the don'ts, but little to nothing was said about lifestyle, but lifestyle is where the money is. By lifestyle, I mean the rhythms and routines that make up your day-to-day existence, the way you organize your time, the way you spend your money. Eugene Peterson, the guy who wrote the Message Bible, was a pastor for a long, long time. And he says this, the Jesus way, the Jesus way, so this is how Jesus lived, the Jesus way wedded to the Jesus truth brings about the Jesus life. The Jesus life sounds a whole lot like where we grow up, eh? The Jesus life. John Mark Comer again says this, if the results you are getting are lousy, You've got anxiety at a simmer, mild depression, high levels of stress, chronic emotional burnout, little or no sense of the presence of God, an inability to focus your mind on the things that make for life, then the odds are very good that something about the system that is your life is off kilter. The way you organized your morning or evening routines, your schedule, your budget, your relationship to your phone, etc., is out of whack. 
You know, if you, if you hang around at Coast Vineyard for any length of time, you're going to hear that, uh, hear us invite you to live the Jesus life. To look at Jesus like, how did he live? You know, the Jesus life, to be with him, to become like him, and to do what he would do if he were you. You know, growing up is so accessible to us. If we look at Jesus' life and use that as a, as a template for our own, we're, and not that we have to move to Israel, you know, it's, but it's that he would get away and pray, that he would be with people and serving people and giving, giving from uh, you know, his resources to other people, but then when th- that got too much, he would get away and rest. He would get away and pray. He would fast. He would be, be, be away from, from the, the swirl, the busyness. And a lot of people, they, I don't know, I think a lot of people think that with, with prayer, it's got to be this hour a day thing or forget about it. And it's like, and so then a lot of people, they just forget about it. It's just too, too hard. And, or you might think it's a little like, like exercise, you know, they say with exercise, unless you're going to do 20 minutes to get your heart going, and and that's uh, just not even worth it. So, but like, and so, uh, you know, but the thing with prayer, it's not like it's like any any praying that is part of your day is going to make a difference, both to the things you're praying about and to who you are becoming. And, and like Stanley did a great message over uh, lockdown. It's on the um, uh, the website if you want to access it. Just talking about sacred pathways, how different people have, they kind of access God, God in different ways. And some people are really organized and they just love putting aside, this is my time and they lock it into their calendar. They set an alarm, or it's maybe it's first thing in the morning or it's whenever it is. And they've got a place and they've got a time and it's uh, and they just disciplined and they lock it in. And and, and others are a bit more sort of free freestyling kind of, you know, people and, and they just, uh, that just sounds horrible to them to, to lock something down, but then they may find it helpful just like, oh, I just feel like a break from work and they just go out for a walk and just wherever they are and they'll just can, can have a pray. This. And the thing that I would encourage you with is that, you know, because some people might say, like, well, I kind of like pray to God every now and then during the day, which is awesome. The thing that is so helpful to, to think about is that the the time that you spent where you have just solely focusing on time just with you and God, where you you're not you haven't got like the TV on the background or you you know the whatever. Um, the more time that you you have in that way, the more you will be aware of God's just general presence throughout the you know your whole day. So if you're feeling like I don't really think about God much. I don't really feel that much about God. Well, I can just encourage you to like, like actually somehow get that time where I'm just stepping out of what I'm doing and this is just time just for me and God. And I'm telling you this, like if it's five minutes, five minutes every day, it'll change your life. If you've never really prayed, five minutes will change your life. Five minutes twice a day will change your life twice as much. <laughs> like, 
five minutes more than you're praying now. I just just know that there is something about our culture and the way we do life that is just makes stepping into a rhythms of prayer really, really hard. And we kind of hope it'll happen. And we kind of want it to happen, but we don't actually go like, how do I make this happen? And just encourage you just to be thinking about this because I don't know about you, I want to grow up before I grow old. And these things, you know, prayer makes, makes all the difference. You know, a number of people here at Coast right now, uh, I know this um, because my wife's doing a, a group with, with a bunch of people. I know some other people are doing it as well. Uh, there's an app called Lectio 365, L-E-C-T-I-O 365. And it is such a cool app where every day it'll just help you to connect uh, through the scriptures and and praying with God. And people are finding it so, so helpful. So if you need a little bit of structure, maybe you want to try that. Anyway, talking about the scriptures, that's, you know, and and like spiritual practices, like the, the biggies of prayer and reading the Bible. And I just, again, um, the Bible's awesome. I know I talked about this like just a couple of months ago. The Bible's awesome. Listen, listen to this. This is, again, it's, this is Timothy 3. And again, I'm reading from the Message Bible. It says this, Stick with what you learned and believed, sure of the integrity of your teachers. Why, you took in the sacred scriptures with your mother's milk. There is nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks that God has for us. That's the Bible. And I know that you can think, oh, yeah, but that's the Bible talking about itself. It's like if I said to you, like, I'm awesome. Like, you're like, yeah, whatever. Self-praise is no recommendation. But the thing is, with the Bible, is that there are millions of people that would say exactly that same thing, that the Bible is life-changing, that the Bible, the words of the Scriptures will change our lives. It, it shows us truth. It exposes our rebellion. It corrects our mistakes. It trains us to live God's way. In other words, the, the words of the Bible will grow us up. Hebrews 4, verse 12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. Not quite sure what that means. <laughs> Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I know what that means. The word of God is alive and active. You know, the Bible, it's like a protein shake for the soul. It's like it's like a multi, taking multivitamins. It's like taking EPO if you're Lance Armstrong. Oh, no, that's, that's not a good example. It's like, it's like nitrous oxide for your, do, your Dodge Charger. It's like, it's just, read the Bible. You want to grow, you, wanna, you, want the, you want to be transformed, you want to become more the person that you want to be, that you're made to be. This book is something else. Hey, and we're going to be kicking off a Bible reading plan tomorrow as a church. Okay, you know, like 
we say to everyone, like, just come and just get involved as you like, do whatever you like. You have to do this one. You don't have to, but we'd, we would love you to do this together. It's the New Testament in a year. There's 260 chapters in the New Testament. There's 365 days, and you can do this. Okay, that's like one chapter a day and having the weekends off. Like, you can do, we can do this, can't we? And, but let's do it together. So we're going to have a, um, a, the plan for the whole year will just be like one thing. We will have that on the website. You can print that off and you could post it on your fridge. But we're also going to be uh, doing it with this app. There's an app called the, the Version Bible app. Has anyone ever got the Version Bible app? So a few people, a lot of hands. That's great. It's so, so good. And there's a particular plan there that is, uh, has been done by the Bible Project. Anyone heard of the, the Bible Project? Yeah, the Bible Project is awesome. And the cool thing about the Bible Project, if you can do it on the app with us, is that it gives these, these little videos, uh, you know, with some of the days as well that are just so rich and so helpful for us engaging with Scriptures. And I would just love that we can do this all together. One of the cool things about doing it together, too, is that uh, it means that we're, we're reading the same things so that we can, you know, when we're chatting in the foyer, it's just like, hey, did you, did you, what did you think about, you know, Mark chapter 11 that we read this week. And um, what did you think about this? You know, in different groups, you could do it with your groups. You could do it, you know, with your, you know, while you're playing cards with the lads on Friday nights. Yeah, see, I know what you guys get up to. So um, it's just anything, you know, that, that we, when we're doing it together, it's just such an opportunity for, for conversations. And, uh, but even if, even if the conversations don't happen, read the Bible. It'll change your life. Okay, why don't, you, why don't you just right now ask the person next to you, like, are you going to read the New Testament in a year? And um, the answer is... <laughs> All right, I had another um, thing I was going to talk about this morning, but uh, that'll do for, for, for time for, for today. Um, but here we are, we're in June, shortest, shortest, day, shortest daylight hours. <laughs> it's not, the days aren't, the days, today's not any different in length, eh? it's, it's despite what Emily taught you today. <laughs> um, but what a great opportunity for a fresh start, you know, coming out of lockdown. It's like having a second crack at New Year's resolutions. And, but it's, is there something about today, you know, this whole thing about forgiving people or eliminating selfish ambition or this whole thing of getting restored from, from, our, from brokenness or stepping into these spiritual practices? There's something today. My, my expectation with me standing up here on a Sunday is that I don't expect you to, to, to remember everything that I say. So don't worry, I'm not going to ask you, like in four months' time, like, what did I speak on, like, you know, about that? It's, my expectation is that there's just going to be something that will land in your heart, that will be God just giving you a nudge, saying, how about this? How about this for this season? How about this for the, in terms of a fresh start, how about we fire this up again, or we, or we work on this, or we step towards this? 
And that's what I'd, that's, that's what I would just love, is that if if you could just go away and go like, this one, this one was for me, for today. So why don't why don't we stand together as we finish? I'll just I'm going to invite the Spirit of God to come and uh, and speak to you. Just make some space and just to just to speak to you. Some of you may go like, I know which one, I know which one's for me. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful that you're you're more committed to us growing up than, than we are. It's so good to have a God who is for us and is working good in us. So grateful for your Holy Spirit that that uh, that speaks to our hearts, that that changes us, that as we walk with you, that you work in us for good. God, we ask today, God, that you would speak to each one of us. Stir our hearts again to say yes to, to growing, to growing up. Saying yes to maturing, to yes to becoming a person of, uh, of wisdom and light in life. And God, we pray that you would nudge our hearts this morning towards the thing for each of us. And where you're speaking to some of us, you're nudging some of us towards things that uh, are challenging. God, we pray for a release of courage, God, courage and strength, God, to, to step into those things. God, make the pathways accessible, God, for people to walk into those places that will bring life and healing and wholeness. Thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or of course we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Aurewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.